Today we're going through body number 18. In the previous verse, the Guru had mentioned this idea of this infinite pen, Sabana Likya Vuri Kalam. And Guru Nanak Dev Ji then goes on in body number 17 to try to write and use words to try and get into the euphoria of that continuous pen. Guru Sahib talks about the countless different variations of people who try to worship, who have an understanding of that divine oneness, the countless different people the types of worship, the scriptures that talk about it, the meditators, the yogis, the types of yoga. And Guruji ends with a recognition of how humble you become when you use infinity as a concept to meditate on. He says that we can't achieve anything. There is nothing that I can do. I can't even praise you enough. We can only accept the immense scale of this oneness. So Guruji goes and looks at the beauty of creation and in particular the types of people who are meditating on this creation. Now in body number 18, Guruji looks at the opposite end of the scale. The other side of creation, what we might call the negative side, the dark side. But what Guruji is highlighting here is that this is still all part of that Vuri Kalam, that continuous pen. What we call bad, what we call negative, Guru Sahib is listing all of those as simply a different part of that oneness, as the other end of the spectrum. If we understand the whole universe to be a vast spectrum of all possibilities, what we would call evil, what we would call bad, is simply one end of the scale, one part of that spectrum. Guru Sahib begins... Asank Murak Andakor. The word Murak here is plural because it doesn't have an onkar underneath it. And the word Murak means fools. Countless fools. And means blind. Kor means deep darkness. Countless ignorant who are blind and in deep darkness, deeply blind. So who is the Muruk? Who does Guru refer to as the Muruk? Who is the fool? And what is this deep darkness that they're in? The darkness here is the darkness of ignorance. 
the darkness of living a life that doesn't know about the oneness. A life that doesn't know that there is meaning beyond the individual experience. And Guruji uses a very specific word, kor. So let's imagine being in a cave where there is complete and utter blinding darkness. Imagine that for a moment. Pitch black. And you're standing in that cave. What can you see? At that point, even your own body is invisible to you. In that kind of blackness, what can you decipher between good and bad? When you can barely make out where you're standing, when you yourself are losing faith in whether you yourself exist, whether you're even there, whether you're even alive, are you alive, are you dead, are you awake, are you asleep? In that utter darkness, all sense of reality starts to fade. This is the analogy that Guru is giving that we are in if we don't know that we are part of something bigger. If we don't know our own darkness, in English we might say it is the blind leading the blind. What do we know of good and bad, right and wrong, when we don't even know what we are? When we don't know what the universe is, how much value can we give to our own thoughts, to our own ideals? Sitting in a cave so pitch black dark, even if you hear the voice of someone else, what can you trust about what they're saying? If they say, this is the right way, how do you know? How do they know? They're in the same darkness as you. So just imagine that scenario and try to understand that this is what our life is like. We think we're right. We think we know the way. We think we have an understanding of the world. But what can we know? There's an analogy that's been used for thousands of years. It's like several blind people all holding to different parts of an elephant and they're trying to describe what the elephant is like. One person holds the tusk and says an elephant is very sturdy, very hard. Somebody else is holding the tail and saying, no, it's not. It's very loose. It's very thin. Someone else is holding the trunk and describing the trunk. 
Someone else is holding the leg. They're all blind. None of them can see the elephant. This is what we do with our opinions. This is what we do with our beliefs. This is the stupidity of having a belief and holding on to it. This is the foolishness. This is the muruk. One who is so steadfast in his opinions, so bound to the way he thinks, so convinced by their own beliefs, that they're willing to fight everyone else. That is the muruk. One who is blind but is convinced that he can see. So not knowing the divine experience, not knowing how we fit in to the greater picture of the universe, that is the darkness. And people like this, what they see from the universe is that the universe is something for them to exploit. The universe is there for them to get maximum gain out of. Maximum pleasures, maximum possessions, maximum enjoyment. For them, the universe is something that serves them. It is there to be taken. They see the universe as something dead. Something there which they can take from. But what they don't see, that the universe is alive, like a parent that continues to give. For these people, for the Muruk, they believe they are the architects of their own destiny. They're in charge. They control their lives. For them, they are the ones who can create their own success. And they're always driven towards personal gain. As long as I'm okay, as long as I succeed, that's all that matters. The other is secondary. And here there is no room for sacredness. They are their own temple. They are their own God. They worship themselves. And this is how we are. We might say, put yourself first, looking after number one. But Guruji tells us what is the real number one, that ik. That's the real one. So sacredness is something that they're unaware of. For the one who knows, the whole universe is sacred. Every interaction is sacred. Every moment is sacred. Because the universe is bigger than them greater than them. They are irrelevant. The universe is relevant. For the murk, it's the other way around. The universe is irrelevant. They are 
the most relevant. This is what Guruji says is what people are like and there are countless numbers of these. Asankha Murak Andakor. Asankha Chor Haram Kor. Countless are thieves and exploiters. The word Haram Kor is very interesting because Guruji is now using language that you don't generally see in spiritual texts. This is the common language, the language of the common man. Haram core is almost used as a swear word. It's a derogatory term. The word means to consume something that you haven't earned, something that isn't yours. Haram kor. To exploit, to consume something that isn't yours. And there are variations of this. The general idea is, although we might say in English, as if though you are eating the bread of somebody else's hard work. In Indian languages, rather than the bread the roti kamai, they use the word salt. You're eating the salt of another man's effort. And in different Indian languages, the same word has come up with its own variation. In Punjabi, we talk about loon harami, consuming the salt of someone else. In Hindi, we say namak haram. Namak also means salt. And they're all around this concept of taking and consuming that which isn't yours. Exploiting someone who may have looked after you. Someone who has given you food. Someone who has given you shelter and yet you go and exploit them. That is what the word haram kor. Guru Sahib says there are countless haram kor and countless thieves. And even in the history of Guru Nanak Dev Ji, there is a particular story that references this way, this type of lifestyle. The story goes that Guru Nanak Dev Ji was once approached by a thief. And the thief says to Guru Nanak Dev Ji, I need help. I need you to help me change my lifestyle. I've tried giving up, but I can't give up. Guru Nanak Dev Ji says, don't give up. Carry on doing what you're doing, but just promise me three things that you won't do. Number one, don't ever tell a lie. The thief says, yeah, I can do that. I can carry on stealing, but I won't tell a lie. Guruji says, don't steal from anyone whose salt you've eaten. If you've eaten salt from someone, don't steal from them. The thief says, that's fine. I can steal from lots of people. And Guruji says, the third promise I want you to keep is don't let anyone else take the blame for your mistakes. Always admit if you've done something wrong. Don't let somebody else suffer for your doing. 
If you can keep these three promises, you're allowed to carry on your lifestyle. The thief was very pleased with that. He said, great, I can carry on being a thief. This holy man allows me to do that. So that evening, the thief in the darkness of night goes out, goes out to steal. And he goes to steal from a, a rich landlord, a rich baron. He goes to the house and he notices that there are two guards outside. He doesn't know what to do. He remembers that he's not allowed to lie. So he says, fine. He walks right up to the front door and the guards say, who are you? He says, I'm a thief and I'm here to steal from the baron. The guards know that a thief never really admits that he's a thief. And the guards think, this must be a friend. This must be a friend of the baron. Let's let him in. So they let him in. The thief is really pleased with himself. He said, hey, this Guru Nanak, he's a pretty clever guy. He can get me in. So he's feeling pretty good about himself. He takes his bag and he goes around the whole house stealing all the jewels, all the gold, all the jewelry, all the great things, puts them in his bag and he's feeling really good about himself. Well, I don't know this person. I'm not stealing from someone that I know. But you know, I'm a little bit hungry. He sees some sweets, or what he thinks are sweets. He says, I can eat those. But as soon as he eats them, he realizes that they're not sweet, they're salty. So there and then, keeping his promise to Guru Nanak, he drops everything that he's stolen, he leaves that bag as it is, and runs away. The next morning, when the baron has realized that someone has broken into his house, the baron rounds up all the locals from the village. And the baron is being particularly mean, particularly cruel to all of these people. Trying to find out who did it. Did you do it? Did you do it? Who was it that dared to steal from me? The thief notices that the baron is blaming other people. And he remembers his third promise. I shall not let anybody else take the blame. So he goes straight up to the baron and he admits everything. He tells him everything. He tells him the truth. He tells him, I went to steal from you, it was me, but there's a reason that I left it all behind because my guru told me not to lie. My guru told me not to steal from someone whose salt that I've eaten and to admit when I've done something wrong and to not let anybody else take the blame. The baron was so impressed by the teachings of this man, he wanted to know, how have you learned these things? Who is your master? And he said, my master is Guru Nanak. The Baron was so pleased by the teachings of Guru Nanak and so pleased with the honesty of this man that he said, you are great and your Guru is great. And he let the man go. And Pai Gurdasti talks about this story, talks about how a thief who enters a house, steals everything, but on the moment that he realizes, after he eating the salt, he puts everything down and realizes the mistakes. So this is haram kor. Asankh chor haram kor. Asankh amar kar jahe jor. 
The word Amr here means to command. So countless commands, hukam, to rule over someone. Asankh Amar Karjahe. Countless are those ruthless rulers. And how are they ruling? With jor, with force, with power. So countless lay their commands forcefully, enforcing their rule on other people. Today we might use the word dictators. Guru Sahib says there are countless dictators, there have been countless dictators, and there will be countless dictators. Asankh Amar Kar Jahe Jor. Countless other people who are ruthless dictators enforcing their powers on others. And this continues now. Do you see how they're getting harsher and harsher? First it was just the foolish. Then it was the thieves. Now it was the dictators. Guru Sahib now goes on to even worse people. Asankh galvad hatya kamai. Galvad means, gal means the neck. Vad means to remove the neck. The decapitators, the beheaders. Countless are people who are beheading others, hatyakamai, who are murdering others, countless murderers and beheaders. In Guru Nanak Dev Ji's time, the biggest tyrant was known as Babur. In more recent history, we might think of someone like Adolf Hitler. Guru Sahib says there are countless of these Hitlers. But remember, we're talking about infinity. And within the spectrum of infinity, within the spectrum of creation, Hitler is also part of the creation. And this is something that now becomes very hard for us to accept, very hard for us to understand. The thieves are in hukam. They are thieves because that is their hukam. That is the hukam written by that sabna likhya vodi kalam. Everyone's story has been written by that one continuous pen. And this is simply Guru Nanak Dev Ji trying to just be in the moment and consider all of the different variations, all of the different stories that that pen can write. The murderers, the rapists, the pedophiles, these are all within hukam. Guru Nanak Dev Ji is not judging a single one of these people. He's simply saying they exist and they are within hukam. Remember that within hukam is everyone and everything. Hukme andar sabko bahar hukam na koi. Everyone is within hukam, that divine command. No one is outside of that command. Nothing is outside of that command. Not the Worst rapists, the worst murderers, the worst dictators. No one is outside of hukam. So who are you to judge? Within your blindness, you can judge others. When you are illuminated with the knowledge of the Guru, you cannot judge anyone.
Guru Sahib countless times in Bani goes to say that everyone is higher than me, I am lower than everyone. And that means everyone, including the murderers, including the Hitlers. Asank galvad hatya kamahe, asank papi paap kar jahe. Notice the spelling of the word paap. What can you see? What's at the end of the paap? Onkar. What does onkar mean? Singular. Countless sinners, but the sin is one. There is only one sin. Asanka papi, the sinners are many, but they're all doing that same one sin. Paap kar jahe. They keep doing it. So what is this sin? What is that one sin? Living in darkness. Being that murak, being that agyan, the one who doesn't have any understanding. Notice Guru Nanak Dev Ji starts with the murak who doesn't know, who is blind. And out of your blindness, you can be a thief. Out of your blindness, you can exploit others. Out of your blindness, you can consider yourself high to rule over others. Out of your blindness, you can be a murderer, a rapist, a dictator. They all have one sin. Not the things that they do, but the very act with which they do them with. That blindness. Asank papi, paap kar jahe. The paap is only one. The sin is only one. Guru Nanak Dev Ji talks about paap in a Shabad. You can find it on Ang 935. Paap bura papi ko pyara. Sin is bad, but it is pyara. It is lovely to the sinner. It is dear to the sinner. Paap bura papi ko pyara. Paap lade pape pasara. Paap lade pape pasara. They are loading themselves with sin. Within sin they live. They're swimming in it. That's all they know. That darkness is all they know. And their whole world, their pasara, is that pap. They live in it, they swim in it. That's all they know. That's their whole world. And how do we get rid of this one pap? Parhar pap, pachane ap. When you know yourself, the sin disappears. Know what you are. Know that you are not the individual that you think you are, and the sin disappears. Parhar paap, 
pachane aap, when you know what you are, when you know that you are greater than the individual that you think you are, when you know that you are more than your body, when you know you are more than your mind, when you know you are more than this individual single life that you are living right now, you are the divine light inside that fortress that you've built. That protective wall that you've built around you, you're not any of those things. Right at the beginning of the Mool Mantra, we tried this experiment. We talked about this experiment, tell me who you are. What do you tell me about yourself? I am a man, I am a woman, I am a male, I am a doctor, I am a lawyer, I am a mother, I am a father. Everything that you know about yourself is not true. They are simply identities that you've built around you. They're not what you are. When you know that you are none of those things, but you are pure consciousness, you are that which is aware, you are that which is awake, you are that which is alive right now, present in the moment. You are not your past, you are not your future, you are not your name, you are not your attachments, you are not your families. And this is what we have to recognize. And when we are in these things, we are the murak, we are the blind, we are the fools. When we illuminate ourselves with the wisdom of the Guru, when we realize not just through knowledge, the Guru isn't just about transferring knowledge, not about transferring information. The Guru is about transferring experience. When you experience what you are, when you experience that you are more than your body, more than your labels, more than every identity that you've placed on yourself, then that single sin that you've been carrying with you your whole life disappears. But those are very few. The sinners, the blind are many. Asank papi pap karjahe. Countless are those sinners who continue that one sin. Asankh kuriyar kure firahe. The word kur, in Punjabi we use the word kur to mean the rubbish in our bin. Kur. It literally means rubbish, filth. Countless are these filthy who are swimming in filth. Here we can take this in two ways. Kur is normally translated as corruption, like it's only talking to the corrupt people. But in Asadiwar, Guruji gives a different definition of Kur. He says, everything is filth. Your clothes are filth. Your jewelry is filth. Kur, soena, kur, rupa. 
Filth is your position, your power in society, your status in the world. Even that is rubbish. The status is rubbish. The chair, the throne that you sit on, that's rubbish. It even goes as far as saying, your husband is rubbish, your wife is rubbish, your children are rubbish. Good, filth. Why? They're pretty love lovely to us, aren't they? They are our beloveds. Why are they being described as filth? Because none of them will last. Ultimately, they all end up back in the dirt. They came from dirt, they end up back in the mud. You wouldn't have a relationship with mud, with dirt, with filth, with soil. Yet Guruji is saying, recognize that all of this is nothing but dirt. They come from dirt. Kabirji says, Mati ke hamputre, manas rakhyo nao. That we are bodies of clay, puppets of clay. We've just given ourselves a name of mankind. Like there's a real thing called human. There isn't a thing called human, there's just earth. Guruji says, Kur miya kur bibi kaphoe khwar. The husband is rubbish, the wife is rubbish, and in their arguments they're just wasting time. They're just losing their essence in their cup, 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 you know, in that constant noise, that argument. Cup hoy kwar. They're losing something just in arguing all the time with each other. Guruji is very practical. This <laughs> is what real life is like. Guruji knows what married life is like. Imagine Guru Nanak Dev Ji writing, my children are rubbish, my wife is rubbish, my parents are rubbish. But they understood. The people around Guru Nanak Dev Ji understood. They knew what he was trying to say. In Asidivar it goes on to say, after all of this rubbish it says, Kisanal kiche dosati sab jag chalanhar. Who shall I befriend when the whole world is going to go? Is temporary. This is why they are good. Asank kuriyar. We are those good. We ourselves are those kuriyar. This is not just talking about the evil people anymore. Nothing lasts forever. That's what we mean by this. All of maya, all of materialism, all of creation is ultimately temporary. It doesn't last forever, but we treat it like it does. We treat every possession that we earn, every possession that we own, as though it is something that gives us life, like it's more important than life itself. Guruji says, take a step back, recognize. Recognize what you are and recognize what everything else is around you. Asankha Guriyar, we are that Guriyar. We are the lost ones, the ones who don't see the reality of the world. Kure ferai, we're just roaming in filth. Asankh Malesh Malpak Khai. Malesh 
is a word used to describe people who are unjust, people who are unfair, uncontrollable. Countless are these unfair, unjust, irrational people. Mal Bakkai. Mal here means mal, rubbish. Bakkai. Both words bak and kai mean to eat and eat. Countless are these unfair, unjust, irrational people who are just consuming filth, eating rubbish. So bak kai means eat, eat. We've seen another example of this so far. Earlier in Japji Sahib, we've seen denda de lande thakpai juga jigantar kahi kai eat and eat, consume and consume. So this is poetic language being used here, to eat and eat. Yeah, we continue to consume, eat and eat. Asank Malaysia malpak kai. Countless are these unjust who are just continuously eating filth. Asank nindak sir karhe paar. Nindak, ninda, slanderers, the ones who like to insult others, the ones who like to gossip about others all the time. What are they doing? They are slandering, but at the same time they are loading themselves with par, with weight, with burden. Sir karhe par, sir means the head. On their head they are burdening themselves with a greater load. Countless are the slanderers carrying burden on their head. Why do slanderers carry burden on their head? We talked about this as well. When you're insulting someone, when you hate someone, even if they're not in the room, you're thinking about them. What are you doing? You're doing their Simran. You're meditating on them. And when you realize that you're meditating on the one that you hate, then you might actually consider not doing that. You spend all of your time on that which you claim to hate. And even worse, because a lot of the time we hate people who haven't done anything to us. A lot of the time we put people down, we slander, we insult people, who haven't even done anything, but we just don't like them. They're just a little bit strange, a bit weird. They don't agree with us. We don't see eye to eye with them. They haven't done anything, but every time we talk to someone else about it, oh no, I don't like that person. Oh, that person's a bit strange. Every time you do that, the words that you're saying is that there's something wrong with them. But the words that you're not saying are more important. When you say there's something wrong with them, what you're really saying is, I'm not like that. There's nothing wrong with me. At least I'm not like that. This is why Gurbani spends so much time warning us against insulting others. Do not engage in nindya. Stay away from slander. Not because 
you're going to affect somebody else by slandering them. Not because by gossiping behind their back, somehow they're going to lose out. Because every time you gossip and every time you insult someone else, you build your ego. You say, I'm not like that. I'm better than that person. You don't slander someone who you think is better than you. You only slander someone who you think is worse than you. This is why every time you slander, you're adding weight to your head. You're damaging yourself, you're hurting yourself. So we think we're better. Asank nindak sir kare par apne sir de utte. On your own head, you're adding more burden. Then Guru Nanak Dev Ji starts to summarize. And he summarizes in the most beautiful way he can. He says, Nanak Nich Kahe Vichar. Nanak Nich. This is one of the lines that you will see in your translations that more often than not is mistranslated. Most of the time, the translations will say, Nanak is doing vichar, is doing discourse of the low people, of the niche. Nanak, niche kehe vichar. Nanak is doing vichar of those people. Nanak has now described the low people. This is how the, it is commonly misinterpreted. And how do we know it's misinterpreted? By the spelling. And the reason the people misinterpret this is out of their respect for Guru Nanak. They have so much respect for Guru Nanak that they cannot fathom the idea that Guru Nanak can call himself low. Because we place Guru Nanak so high, we cannot understand and we cannot see Guru Nanak Devji as low. But regardless of your reverence for Nanak, you cannot break the rules that Guru Nanak Dev Ji himself has put within the Bani, the rules of grammar. Nanak has an onkar. And if you remember from many, many lessons ago, we talked about three spellings of Nanak. Nanak with an onkar is where Guru Nanak Dev Ji is referring to himself. So this is not the spelling that you get with most Shabads which says Kehe Nanak. If it's Nanak speaks, he's speaking, referring to himself in the third person, but he's not talking about himself. He just says Nanak speaks. Nanak speaks this vichar, this truth. Kehe Nanak never has an onkar underneath it. But here we say, Nanak Nich Kehe. So Kehe Nanak is there. So the spelling doesn't mean Nanak says. This is says Nanak Nich. So Guru Nanak Dev Ji is talking about himself. Secondly, Nich has an onkar. If Nanak was talking about all of these countless low people, Nietzsche would have to be plural. So the Nietzsche would have to be mukta. There would be no onkar underneath it. But Nietzsche has a singular. One might argue Guru Nanak Dev Ji is just picking one individual and says, I'm doing vichar of that one individual. 
Nanak Nietzsche kahe vichar, like I'm doing vichar of that one individual. But then it would still be Nanak without an onkar. Then it would be kahe Nanak, Nanak kahe Nietzsche vichar. I'm doing vichar of that one individual who is low. Again, that's broken the rule because Nanak has an onkar. So by looking at the grammar, we can only translate this in one way. Nanak the low says this vichar. Now most people can't believe this. They can't bring themselves to call Nanak the low. But Guru Nanak can call himself low. He has that humility. He's lost his ego. He doesn't have an ego. But we can see that Guru Nanak Dev Ji has used this analogy and this way of referencing himself many times in Gurbani. There's a Shabad on Ang 28 where Guruji has used the same words for, that we've seen in this Shabad, all the bad words that we've seen in this Shabad, Guru Nanak Dev Ji has used the Shabad where he's referred to all those words as himself. He, in this Shabad, uses the analogy that he himself is like a scavenger, like a savage. The Shabad begins, Sri Rag Mahala Pahala. It's in the first rag of Guru Granth Sahib Ji, Mahala Pahala, written by Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Ek suan doe swani naal. There is one dog and two female dogs with me all the time. And this is metaphoric. The dog of greed, the dog of attachment, the dog of desires. These dogs are hanging around me all the time. Palke pauke sadabial. First thing in the morning, they start barking. When we wake up in the morning, what do we think about? We think about our desires. We think about our needs, what we want to achieve. Guruji says, there is one dog and two female dogs hanging around me all the time. They're with me, they're inside me. In the early hours of the morning, every day, daily, they start barking. I am carrying a dagger of falsehood, of lies, of cheating, of deception. This chura, this knife is of kur, and I'm looting and I'm exploiting everyone. I'm exploiting other people, I'm exploiting Maya. O Creator, my form is like that of a savage hunter. I've not followed good advice. I don't have divine living, nor have I done good deeds. I am deformed and horribly disfigured. I'm not even nice to look at. You have one great name that saves the whole of the world. And I'm placing all of my hopes on this Naam. I hope this Naam can be my support, my savior as well, because I'm so low. Rahau. This is the key central idea that there is this one Naam that can save all. And I hope I can also be saved by that Naam. Mukha Ninda. 
With my mouth I speak slander day and night. So when Guruji is saying, Asankh nindak sirkare par, Guruji is saying, I'm like that as well. Mukhaninda, with my mouth I speak slander day and night, din raat. Par ghar johi neech sanat. I peek into the houses of others. I'm always looking at everybody else's possessions, like I'm some low outcast, peering into the windows of others. Kaam krodh tan vase chandal. Lust, anger, they're hanging around my body like the grim reaper, like the undertaker, like somebody who works in a mortuary waiting for me to die. That's how my lust and my anger are surrounding and hanging around my body. They just won't leave. O Creator, I am like a savage hunter. Fahi surat maluki ves. Fahi. Fahi means entrapping others. My surti is always, my thinking is always about entrapping others. But maluki ves. But my form is like a holy man. I look like a religious person. I look like a saintly person with my saintly robes. But in my mind, I'm always thinking about how to entrap others. Guruji is talking about himself. I am a looter, looting the nation. I think I'm very siyana, very clever, very clever, very cunning. But bautapar, I've actually got a big load on my head. I'm carrying this enormous load. Oh creator, I'm like this horrible scavenger, this savage hunter. I have not understood the greatness of the creation. I am an exploiter. I am a haram khor. Guruji is using these words about himself. I am an exploiter. I don't know the creative blessings that I have received. What face will I present you? I'm a nemesis, I'm a dusht, I'm a chor, I'm a thief. Nanak neech kehe bichar. The low Nanak is saying these words. Tanak roop raha kartar. O kartar, O creator, look what I am. I am like a savage hunter. So all of the words that we've seen in this Asank Shabad, kood, ninda, sirkare par, haram khor, chor, Nanak Neech Kehe Bichar. Nanak is saying, I am the lowest of all. So when Guru Nanak Dev Ji is talking about Asank, he recognizes that I'm no one to say that I'm great. Because if I say, look at him, he's a murderer. Look at him, he's a thief. Look at that person. Look at that exploiter. Look at that gossip queen. Look at all these people. What am I doing? I'm increasing my ego. I'm not, like, I'm not a murderer. I'm not like that. I'm not a rapist. I'm not a dictator. I'm putting myself higher than everyone. But Guru Nanak Dev Ji, even when we're reading the Shabad, we must never think of these people as lower than us. That's why Guru Nanak has used that Shabad at the end. Nanak Neech Kahe Bichar. I'm lower than everyone. And I say these words. Varya na java ekavar. Who am I to speak of you, of this universe? Even once, I cannot even begin to describe you.
I cannot sacrifice myself to you. Once alone is not enough. So what is my path? I may not be following all these things, but I recognize how low I am. And in my lowly state, I understand I have no control over everything. All of these great people that I talked about in the last verse, I'm none of those. All of the evil people, I may not be one of those either, but I recognize that I'm low. I recognize that I'm low. And in this low state, what can I do? I can do nothing but just accept you the way you've created the whole universe. Jo pave sai palikar. Whatever you've created, whatever is pleasing to you, that feels great to me. Varya najava ekavar. Jo pave. Whatever is pleasing to you, jo pave. Pave means pleasing. Whatever is pleasing to you is fine with me. It's not just fine, it's great. Tu sada salamat nirankar. You are sada. You are the only one that is forever. You are salamat. You are steady. And you are formless. Behind all of creation, there is this one that I can't even see. So I'm lost in Maya. Tu sada salamat nirankar. I think this is a very important lesson for all of us. Every single word here has so much depth. We can go into the meaning of every single word and explore the meaning. Who is a papi? Who is a muruk? Who is an indak? Why do they put par on their heads? So here we've just simply begun to introduce these concepts. And remember, Guruji is in his euphoria here. Guruji continues using infinity as his mantra. Infinite are the great, infinite are the meditators, infinite are the forms of worship, infinite are the great scriptures, infinite are the sinners, infinite are the fools, infinite are the killers, infinite are the murderers. So Guruji is still in his euphoria of that infinity meditation. And that's a very valuable meditation to just remember everything is part of that infinity. And when you remember the infinity, you don't remember the finite. You don't remember the limitations of yourself. You lose yourself in that infinity meditation. Asank, asank, asank. How many moments there are? How many days? How many nights? How many suns? How many moons? How many stars? How many blades of grass? How many leaves? How many birds? How many animals? In that infinity, Guru Nanak loses himself. Which is why we said last week that there's a significant shift in the tone of how Guru Nanak Dev Ji now speaks. This is the example of how we use Gurbani. This is how Gurbani is now a meditation tool, not just a wisdom tool, not just knowledge. But the ultimate knowledge is that there is something permanent and that I am something temporary. And in my temporariness, I know my place. I know where I sit. I know where I am in this greatness. I am nothing. I'm insignificant. And I am the lowest of the low. <laughs>